Already such an incredible time to worship the King of glory. I don't know what brought you in here this morning. I don't know if it's like you, what you always do on Sunday, if somebody dragged you here, or you're just praying for a miracle today and you didn't know where else to turn. Maybe that's why you're watching online. Maybe somebody told you about Jesus in this church and you're just going, maybe a miracle can come. Whatever it is that's stirring your heart, whatever caused you to listen into this, I just I want to go ahead and tell you our God is a God of miracles. Our God is a God of power. And he wants to meet with you today. And all you got to do is open your heart up to him. And say, God, whatever you want to do, do it. Listen, if you're a guest in here, uh, I'm, I'm so grateful you came to be with us this morning. You are our honored guest, and I believe God wants to do something in your life today. We would love to know that you're here. In fact, we have a gift we want to make sure that we give you. So if, if this is your first time here with us, before you leave, make sure you get your gift bag. It's, it's a great tumbler with the church logo, some info about the church. But most importantly, we want to connect with you. In fact, you can already let us know that you're here in the seat backs in front of you. You're going to find a, a connection code. You can scan that. If you're watching online, you just go to filler.org slash connect. Same place, just as you see on your screen. You go there, and then all we're asking for is name, phone number, email, super quick. And we're going to reach out to you. And here's the only thing we're going to ask from you is how can we serve you? We don't want to take anything from you. We just want to ask how to serve you. And so please let us know. If you're watching online, if you can make it to the physical location that we have, we have three campuses, I'd encourage you to do so. Get your gift. Come experience what God is doing. Those of you in the room, I'm, I'm glad. Those of you guests who are here with us, because I think and believe God brought you here for a reason. Now, I want to say to those of you who are part of this church family, I, and I do want to speak a little bit differently, because some people have uh, misunderstood me when I say this. Most every Sunday, I say this, and I mean this, if you're a guest, I don't want you to feel any compulsion like you have to give anything to this church. There's no fees or cost to be a part of this. But I've, I've come to believe that there are some of you who've been coming for like four years and you still think you're a guest. Let me go ahead and tell you, you're not a guest. This is your church family. And here's why I want to make that important. When I say, if this is your church family, I want to encourage you to give. If you've been coming for a while, you know this is your church family. It's time to start investing in what God is doing. There are so, new, so many new people in here who still see themselves like they're on the fringe and sidelines. It's time to step in with both feet and be a part of this body. And one of the ways to do that is through giving. Those of you who've been faithful to give, continue to give. Those of you who may be newer to the church, you're no longer a guest. This is your church. I want to encourage you to give. It's so important for your spiritual health and for the life and vitality of this church. So the same place on that, that connection code on your seat back or filler.org slash connect or filler.org slash give, either place, you can go and find the online way to give. It's a very simple process, but it's a way for you to set up even a recurring gift. This is what my wife and I do, and so that we give every single time, every single month as the money comes in, it goes to the Lord, our first fruits to him, because we know he can do more with it than we can. So I want to encourage you to consider that. But listen, we're, we're going to shake things up a little bit because uh, this morning, uh, I, it was uh, against my will to do this, but I was talking with the staff, and they just determined that I needed, we needed to stop things, and I needed to share with you what's happened. So I've had a whole bunch of people ask me, how did my surgery go? Um, I, I need the 25-minute, not the 20-minute timer, because I'm going to take every last second of that. So if we could shift that, that'd be great. But I, I, um, I've been asked, so I had skirt, a surgery. I've been sharing with you guys some of my back pain, the uh, severely herniated disc uh, between L5 and S1 that's hitting a nerve. Uh, and uh, my surgery on February 2nd, how did it go? They're like, hey, you look great. What happened? Did you have the surgery? 
And I'm here to tell you, I did not have the surgery. God miraculously healed me. And that's the story I want to share with you today. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you um, from the beginning, I have never in my life been on this side of receiving a miraculous healing. I have been the person praying, asking God to heal. I've, I've had people report back to me. Uh, miraculous healings, cancer that they had, and we prayed and anointed with oil, and they come back with their report from the doctor, their cancer is gone. I've had people who've reported back that had physical ailments, and we prayed over stomach issues, headaches, and things like that, where those were gone. And so I've been on the other side where I'm praying, and my faith has been encouraged, but this is the first time in my life I've been on the end of receiving a miraculous healing. And I gotta, I gotta tell you, it's discombobulated. There are times you're, you're sitting there going, like, did this really happen? I mean, it. What, what, what went on? I, I mean, I'm trying to digest it, and I want to tell you my story because I want, to sh- I want to share with you all the things God has been teaching me. A living example of the miraculous power of God. I, I get to be that in this moment. So it, it all started uh, a while back. I'm going to take you on the journey. Many of you are familiar because I've been sharing this along the way, but just to make sure we're all on the same page. All the way back in July, I tweaked my back. I was actually doing exercise for my physical therapy, therapy for my uh, hamstring surgery the year before, so I'm being a good little boy, and I end up tweaking my back, which I've been doing that since college days. I would tweak my back, and I've since learned uh, before I had a bulging disc that would bulge, and it would kind of be absorbed back in, but this one was different. It was a full hernia. That's when there's a tear in the disc wall, and it's like lava that pours out and hardens, and it's just, just jabbing one particular nerve that goes down the right side of my leg, and it creates this numb spot on the bottom of my foot. So I, I had that moment where I tweaked my back in, in late July, and, and normally, you know, after a couple of weeks, I'd be better, uh, and I just endured, you know, it's old age, whatever. And I'm going in August, it gets worse, September gets worse, October gets worse, November. By the time we're toward Thanksgiving, it's really getting painful uh, often. Uh, to sit for 10, 15 minutes, I, it, it'll catch, and I'll have a lot of pain. By the time I hit December, I can't sit, like midway through December, I can't sit for more than three minutes without being in excruciating pain. I don't know if you've tried to live without being able to sit for more than three minutes. It's really, really hard. I get in the car to drive from my house to church, which takes about 12 minutes. And by the time I got out, it was excruciating. I would have to lift up off the chair to try to take some pressure. I'm trying to drive and not get in a wreck when I'm in incredible pain. Get out of my leg is hitched and I'm, I'm trying to walk in. And I know people on the staff are looking out the window at me and I'm just trying to make my way. Incredible pain. Now, I, I have a great chiropractor here in the church who's been a brother and a friend, and most of my life as I've gone to him and I've had issues, is he's been able to help me out. It's been phenomenal. This one, it didn't matter how many times I went, it just it seemed to get worse and worse and worse. Started physical therapy, and I did that for a month. Kept getting worse and worse. They're going, I, I don't know. We, we thought it might have been one thing, found out it's something else. Got to the end of December, and finally I called my doctor who's a member of the church, and I said, Chad, I don't know what to do. And he said, we got to get an MRI, man. There's something going on. That's when we found that there was a, a severe hernia, and that's what was hitting the nerve. Tried to endure it. Tried a couple of, of oral steroid packs. Nothing. In fact, I think it just made my nerve angrier. So it just kept getting worse. Well, finally, I get to the new year, and I, I see a doctor, and I talk to him about the things that I could do that was recommended for my primary care physician, and he said, you got two options. You can do uh, back surgery, microdiscectomy, or you can do a uh, steroid injection. I said, well, what would you do? He said, well, I'd start with a steroid injection. I said, let's go that pathway. And so uh, a few weeks ago, I had that. And I was really hopeful things would get better, and it got worse. Two weeks after that steroid injection, every day, it would just get worse and worse and worse. It got to the point 
that every night at dinner, when I'm eating dinner, I am literally at the end of the table on a kneeling pad eating dinner like this because I can't sit. It was the weirdest thing. I'm going to a restaurant in public. I look so holy at the table (laughs) just eating. Now, those of you who are close enough to see me, there's been a couple worship services. You might have seen me on my knees. You're like, oh, Jason's so holy. I wasn't on my knees because I'm holy. It's because I couldn't sit in my chair. It's been that discombobulating for this whole time. Got the steroid injections getting worse and worse finally. And I want you to mark the dates here. On Wednesday, January 17th, finally had an appointment with the surgeon who could do the microdiscectomy. And I said, listen, here's where I'm at. Had the injection, didn't, got worse. What do I need to do? And he said, Jason, you've played it as conservative as you can. You've done everything. Done physical therapy. You've done the steroid injection. You've done the uh, steroid packs orally. You've done everything. At this point now, two weeks after the shot, if it hadn't done anything, that steroid's not going to do anything. There's no point in getting another one. Uh, The only option for you if you want relief of pain is surgery. And so do you want to schedule it? And I said, yes. He said, when? I said, right now. And he said, well, I can't do it right now. Uh, We've got to go through insurance. When's the soonest we can get it? And it worked out to be February 2nd. That's when I shared with you guys. I'm going to have surgery on February 2nd to take the hernia away. And I, I left that appointment on January 17th, that Wednesday, frustrated that it wasn't happening sooner, but grateful at least we had a plan. That was Wednesday the 17th. Thursday the 18th, this is what I was sharing with you a couple of weeks ago, I tried to get out of bed, and the moment I, and I sleep on a futon on the floor because the pain is so bad, I have to like curl up into a position with a pillow between my legs, and if I get it just right, I can fall asleep. If I move, it's over. I'm going to be awake. And so I've been sleeping like that for a while. That particular morning, now Thursday the 18th, I push to get up, and my back seizes, pain shoots up, I collapse on the floor. Try to get up again, I collapse on the floor. At this point, I want to scream in pain. My wife is asleep, and I don't want to wake her because it's much worse if I wake her than if I don't wake her. So I let her sleep, but I'm, I'm sweating, I'm crying, the pain is so bad. It takes almost a minute, I stand up, and I'm shuffling out of the room just, just to make it out. And I make it to the kitchen, and I'm now there in the kitchen, and I'm, I'm just standing there, and the pain is excruciating. Normally in the morning, I have to walk around a little bit to try to get it to unhitch, and it won't. So I can't stand, I can't walk, I can't sit, I can't lie down, and I'm at the end of myself. And for two hours, I'm praying. And I, and I want you, I don't know what you think of pastors. I think there are some of you that put pastors on a pedestal and think like we just float around, we're so holy, we never have a bad thought. Let me go ahead and break that down. Go ahead and remove myself from that platform. Here was the cry of my heart. God, I know that you're all powerful. I believe in you with every fiber of my being. I believe, God, that you're a miracle-working God. God, I believe that you're good with every bit of my being, God. So why won't you heal me? God, you can. You can snap your finger and my back will be healed. I'm your son, God. I'm your servant, God. I just want to do what's right. God, why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me, God? For two hours, that prayer over and over, God, why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me? Don't you love me, God? Why won't you heal me? Maybe there's some of you here, you know what I'm talking about. That angsty, guttural prayer of just going, God, I believe in you. I promise I do, but why won't you heal me? I'm trying to read my Bible, and every time I I try to read, the pain comes back, and I'll just stop and go, God, why won't you heal me? Why won't you heal me? I'll start reading again, God, why won't you heal me? I finish after two hours of this, and I have my journal open, 
and I'm, I'm trying to journal like I do every morning, and I have to kneel by my bedside. I'm kind of hunched over on my bed, and I'm trying to journal, and I'm, I'm writing manically at this point, oh, God, heal me. Oh, God, I know you can. Oh, God, heal me. Please, God, heal me. I can't take this pain. I'm not strong enough for this. I don't know how long I was journaling, but there came a moment when I, I felt the Lord speak to me. This was not an audible voice. Please understand that. I've never heard the audible voice of God, but it was a very strong spiritual impression. And I believe the Spirit was asking me to write something in that moment. And here's what he was asking me to write. Write the prayer, but God, don't heal me until you've done everything you want to do in me and taught me everything you want to teach me. And that's when I said, no, God, I won't write it. I won't write it, God, because I would be a liar. Because that's not what I want. God, I don't want a lesson. I want healing. I've been telling you that, God, for two hours now. I want healing. And I fought with God. And I know, like, when you have your right mind on, you know it's dumb to fight with God, but I didn't have my right mind on. And I'm fighting with God, going, I don't, no, you, the, the time for learning is over. That ship has sailed. It didn't work. It's time for the healing. So I'm arguing with God, I don't know for how long, until finally. The, the, all I can do is explain this as faith welling up inside of me, the Spirit welling up inside of me. And all of a sudden, God began to remind me in that moment through the Spirit of how good he is to me. He said, Jason, have I ever let you down in the past? Oh, God, you haven't. Do you think I'm going to let you down in the future? Have I ever failed you? Oh, God, no, you haven't. Do you think I'm going to fail you right now? How much do I love you, Jason? You sent your son to down across from me. He said, if I love you that much, do you think I'm going to stop loving you? Won't you trust me? And at that moment, his faith welled up. My whole body's trembling because of the pain but I knew I had to trust in my God. And so I wrote in my journal, God, I'm scared to write this, but I believe it. Do not heal me until you've taught me every last thing you want to teach me, until you've done in me every last thing you want to do in me. And I was writing that as a sign and symbol I fully believed that there was a possibility I would have this chronic pain for the rest of my life. I felt like God was preparing me for February 2nd not to work. That like I, I, like I put my hope in the steroid injection and my hope got dashed, don't put my hope in that because it's not going to work. And so I'm signing off on chronic pain for a long, long time. And I'm saying, God, I don't want it, but I trust you. You're good. You've always been good. You won't take me through this pain, so do your work in me, God. I trust you. That Thursday morning, I closed my journal saying, in Jesus' name, amen. And I don't know what I expected, maybe some kind of angelic trumpet, some kind of big change. And it was horrible. The rest of the day was horrible. I, it was the, one of the busiest days of my normal work. I had an 8.30 meeting with pastors that lasted to 11. I had an interview with another staff person, from a potential staff from 11 to 12. From 12 to 3, I had a Kids Hope board meeting via Zoom. We just sit in front of a computer. My whole body is aching. I am dying. I have a counseling point, appointment after that that's weighty. I have a staff meeting after that. It's like 5.30. I haven't even started to work on my sermon. So I'm starting to work on that day. It's about 7 o'clock when I finally make it home, which is later than normal and I'm just done. I'm emotionally spent, physically spent, spiritually spent. I, I get home, and I, the whole family's waiting for me for dinner. I go kneel at the end of the table, and I eat, and my mind is just mush. I try to help out to put the girls to bed, and I, I said, Virginia, I'm, I got to go to bed. And I go collapse on my little futon mattress on the floor, and I try to find that one position I can go to sleep in. I just wanted the day to be over. That was Thursday the 18th. Friday the 19th. I, I wake up. Now, I'm, I'm going to move slow because I remember what happened on Thursday the 18th. 
And so I get up. I'm like sloth slow here. I'm like super slow to get up from bed. Takes me about 10 seconds, five, 10 seconds. And I finally stand up and I'm like, okay, it didn't hurt. Oh, praise Jesus. Pain comes and goes. It's been doing that the whole time. But right now, any moment of relief, I'll, I'll praise my king. So I, I walk out, shuffle out of the room like always because there's my wife asleep and I want her to stay asleep. Close the door. And now for the first time, I take my first real step and my right leg moves. And I'm like, well, that's weird. How's my leg working? Now, before that, every time I wake up, when I would take a step, it would do this. Because it just, it would, it would hitch in my leg and I couldn't get it to move. That's why I would walk around the house for a little, I'm, I'm reading the Bible, I'm praying, I'm doing all this for like an, 30 minutes to an hour, just trying to get it to loosen up enough to, to not do that. But I could never extend my foot that far. It, it would be about here. When it got real warmed up, it'd be about to about here. And I could feel it different. I'm like, well, that's crazy town. Man, the pain meds must be working. Now, you got to know at this point, I'm popping pain meds like it's Christmas candy. I mean, it's a pop, 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 pop. I hate pain medicine. When I had my hamstring surgery, I didn't take it because I didn't want it. And so at this point, though, after that Thursday, I'm desperate. I'll, I'll do it. Like I'm, I'm taking three Lyrica paints, like nerve medicine, uh, the full extent of sign. I'm taking amitriptyline to sleep at night with another, like a nerve sleeping medicine. I'm taking Celebrex for all the inflammation. I mean, I'm 95 years old at this point, my little pill box, taking everything, because I just want to survive. And I'm going, pain meds are working. Praise Jesus. Weirdest thing happens, that Friday morning, I come up here to pray at 10 a.m. I, I do it almost every Friday, and I'm meeting up with a few others. And it was the first drive in about three months that didn't hurt at all. And I got out. I'm like, well, that's crazy. I, I, normally, when I get out of my car, I have to be like super slow. And I'm like, everything's functioning, right? This is, this is wonderful. I love these pain meds. <laughs> so I, I go, and I, that whole Friday, phenomenal day. I, my, I had one of the worst days of my life on Thursday and Friday. I'm just glorying in, in the relief of the pain. But I can tell there's still something going on back there, but it doesn't hurt, and I'm praising Jesus. Saturday, get up, super slow again, go the whole day, next to no pain. Sunday, I get up, take my pain med in the morning, come to church, preach my little brains out. Now, let me go ahead and tell you, about three consecutive weeks before that, every time I would get to church, the pain would lessen it's just so I could preach. I mean, it was the craziest thing. And the moment I got in my car to drive home, the pain would immediately come back. And by the time I was home, it was hurting. So I'm fully expecting on Sunday my reprieve to be over, I get in the car, absolutely no pain. I get home on Sunday afternoon, and I call my doctor, Chad, and I go, what's going on? Like, why, why do I have no pain? So we start, I start asking questions, like, could it be the steroid shot? Like, two weeks, two and a half weeks later, is just now working? And he said, listen, I, I have never in my life heard of a steroid shot doing that. Now, it, it can hurt initially at the beginning, but it'll start fading or it won't work. That kind of, it can do that at the very beginning, that kind of heal everything, but I've never heard of it going two weeks, getting worse and worse and worse, and then overnight, all of a sudden, your pain's gone. So I'm not saying it's not that. I've just never heard of that. By the way, I've had two more doctors beyond him confirm they've never heard of a steroid shot doing that. So, okay, that's, that's out of the picture. That's not what's going on. And I said, well, what about like my nerve? Could it be like my nerve moved or something? And, you know, he's like, well, nerves don't do that. They don't just like move out of the way. So that, that's not what it is. Well, what is it? So my, my friend Chad, he's a believer. He's like, well, I mean, it could be. The Lord healed you. Or it could be the regularity of taking the pain meds. So there's only one way to know. you got to get off the pain meds. Now, the thing about Lyrica, you can't just like get right off of it because it's a nerve medicine. Your body can kind of freak out. So you got to wean. And so Sunday, I didn't take any more. I took one in the morning. I took no more pills. I didn't take anything that night. 
Got up the next morning, I took my Celebrex, I took my Lyrica, one med in the morning and nothing else. All day Sunday, all day Monday, no pain. Tuesday now is the moment of truth. I don't take any of my Lyrica, absolutely no pain. Make it into Wednesday, I stop taking Celebrex, absolutely no pain. I get uh, uh, Thursday, I wake up every morning, I'm like, this is incredible. I mean, I, I'm like a ninja now, I mean, I could kung fu fight. And so I, I, uh, I get a call from the, the nurse in the surgeon's office, and they're going, okay, your surgery is going to be a week from tomorrow. There's a few things you need to know to get ready for it. So first of all, you got to stop taking your meds. I'm like, check, I'm there. And then she's telling me how to get prepared, and I have to stop her mid-sentence and go, ma'am, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't think I need the surgery. And she said, but didn't you meet with the surgeon last week? I did. I mean, didn't you all run through all this stuff? Yeah. Like, in fact, the next day was the worst day. And then, miraculously, the pain went away. It was so hard to explain to her what had happened, because apparently this doesn't happen very often. And so finally, after going back and forth for a while, she goes, now, are you sure? Like, we can just kind of hold it in place? I'm like, I, I think it'd be dumb for me to hold it in place. Go ahead and cancel it. And so I canceled my surgery, and now I'm a week. In fact, on, on Friday, when I should have been getting my surgery, I was walking around this room praying for this service right now, because God healed me. And here's what I know. I know I can't explain it. I know it doesn't feel the way I thought it would feel. But I know on Thursday I had one of the worst days of pain in my life. And on Friday I have absolutely no pain. And I'm here two weeks later and I still don't have any pain. That's all I know. I feel like the guy who was questioned, who was blind and then saw and he's like, I don't know what's going on. I just know I was blind and now I can see. That's all I know. I can't even explain it. It doesn't feel like I thought it would feel. The weird part is I, I know there's still a hernia. It's not gone because I can feel it. It just doesn't hurt. That's the weirdest thing about it. Like, I asked God to take away the pain, and that's exactly what he did. He didn't take away the hernia. He took away the pain. And, and I'm, I'm just, in my mind, as I'm trying to wrap my arms around what took place, the Lord has been so faithful to teach me what happened on that Thursday and that Friday. And it's really dangerous when you hear a preacher tell you about something that's miraculous. It's, you have the wrong idea of what God is trying to teach you today. I want you to grab your Bible. I want you to open it up to the book of Genesis, chapter 22. In Genesis 22, this is what the Lord was teaching me was taking place on Thursday the 18th. It's a story about Abraham and Isaac. Many of you are familiar with it. But just in case you're not, I want to make sure you know the story. So Genesis chapter 22, first book of the Bible in the Old Testament, chapter 22, starting in verse 1. It says, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So you and I, when we read this, we recognize it's a test. But Abraham did not know it was a test. All he knew is that God was telling him, hey, that son that was born to you in a, when you were 100 years old, that miraculous son, the one of the promise who's supposed to have the descendancy come through. He's already kicked Ishmael out now. It's, it's, it's his son, Isaac, or nothing. He says, I want you to go sacrifice him to me. Now, it doesn't tell us the thoughts that Abraham had, but he was a human being like you and me. So I can only imagine that like you or I would respond, at first, he probably said, whoa, God, you want me to do What? No, I don't want to do that. God, he's the son of the promise. He's the miraculous son. He's the one that you said would have descendants. God, of course you don't want me to sacrifice him. I'm certain. I can't prove it, but I'm certain he's arguing with God at first. 
just like me on my, the side of my bed when I'm kneeling over there saying, no, I'm not going to write that. I'm not going to write that I want you to withhold healing until you've taught me everything. There's this crucible of faith when you're going through crisis. But just like in, in me, there was a faith that welled up from the Spirit of God. In Abraham, the same thing happened. Flip over to verse 9. It says, when they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. Now that's what I believe was taking place with me when I was on my bedside, kneeling over there. I believe the Lord was telling me to take up my knife, figuratively speaking, and be willing to sacrifice my health. God, I'm not going to fight you any longer. If you want me to have this pain the rest of my life, if I can't move the way I used to move, if I have to limp the rest of my life, God, and that's what you want to do to teach me and to mold me and to shape me, I trust you. Do it. It's the knife in the hand saying, I'm willing to trust you no matter what. And it's in those moments when we get to pass a test of faith that we begin to see the power of God. That's exactly what happened. The best verses, 11 and 12, But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. He says, stop. Nope, nope. It was just a test. And Abraham, you passed the test. And therefore, I don't want you to suffer any more pain. There's a ram in the thicket. Sacrifice that ram instead. So what I believe God was doing to me that Thursday morning when I was on my bedside kneeling there praying, I said, God, teach me every last thing you want to teach me first and then heal me, but don't heal me until you do. And it was as if God was saying that was the last thing I needed to teach you. I needed to teach you that faith is the greater miracle. And now that you have proven your faith and trust in me, I will cause you no more pain. And the next morning when I wake up, the pain is gone. It was just God showing me a lesson, teaching me what genuine faith looks like, testing whether I would trust him or not. But when I've been going through this, what's been the most profound for me is to recognize that there's a lesser miracle and a greater miracle in this story. And we put too much attention on the lesser miracle. You love the fact that I stand before you and tell you God has miraculously healed me. By the way, I love the fact I get to stand before you and tell you God has miraculously healed me. It's pretty sensational. Never experienced anything like it in my life. And we're drawn toward the sensational. But what if I came before you and I said, a couple weeks ago on Thursday morning, the 18th, I was on the side of my bed praying and I said to God, God, no matter how long it takes, no matter how much pain, God, don't take the pain away unless you teach me everything you need to teach me and do everything in me you need to do in me. And now I stand before you two weeks later in excruciating pain, telling you I still trust God. You'd you'd be impressed by that faith, but you'd go, pobrecito, man. I hope God heals that boy. You wouldn't be impressed. You'd feel sorry for me. But you're impressed by the sensational healing. Let me go ahead and tell you about God. God is not impressed by the sensational. He's impressed by sacrifice. You want to know something about Jesus? The father was not impressed by the resurrection like you and I are. He caused the resurrection. You, know, you want to know what impressed the father? Thursday night in the Garden of Gethsemane, when three times Jesus said, I don't want to do this, but not my will, your will be done. It was that sacrifice that drove him to the cross the next day to give it all up because he trusted in his father. The resurrection was just the byproduct of Thursday night. And what God was telling me 
is Jason, the healing, that's a lesser miracle. The greater miracle was Thursday morning when I gave you, I gave you the faith to believe me in the middle of the pain. Let me tell you why that matters. Some of you hear my story, and immediately you get a little frustrated, going, man, I've been praying a lot longer than Jason. Why does God heal him up there and not me out here? Why didn't God heal my body? Why didn't God heal my loved one? Why didn't God heal my marriage? Why didn't God solve that financial problem? Why didn't God give me that job? Why didn't God X, Y, Z, you fill in the blank? You've been praying and praying in faith, God. I know you can do this, God. Why aren't you doing it for me? And here you are in pain and suffering going, God still hadn't done it. Why does Jason get the blessing? Here's another thing the Lord has been teaching me. I have no guarantee or promise that when I walk down these steps, my back won't go out again. I have no guarantee or promise I won't need surgery in two weeks. You want to know the weirdest thing? I had this miraculous healing on Friday, and by Monday I got COVID. You want to know why I wasn't here last Sunday? It wasn't because of my back. It's because I was at home quarantining. My body is not going to be perfect. I stand before you right now, and my back feels tremendous, and I have tendonitis in my left wrist. There's no guarantee my body is going to be healthy. God gave me a miracle right here. He didn't promise He's going to give me a miracle everywhere. He didn't promise it's going to last forever. Do you realize Jesus himself rose Lazarus up from the dead? You know what happened to him later? He died. If I put my hope in the miracle of healing and something else goes wrong physically, then what's going to happen? My faith is going to collapse. But if I put my hope in the fact that God welled up in me faith on Thursday when I was in the middle of the crucible, when I have pain again, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to say, God, you were faithful then. You're going to be faithful in the future. The enemy can't get me when my faith is on Thursday, not on Friday. I want you to hear that because some of you are suffering. In fact, we prayed that if you were, not that you would suffer, but that if you are suffering, God would bring you here, that God would cause you to watch online for this one purpose, for God to tell you, you can have faith to believe in the goodness of God, even in the fire, even in the storm. And actually it's greater faith when you don't see the resolution. It's not really faith. For God to heal you and then you believe in him. No, it's faith to believe in him first and let him do whatever he wants to do. And I believe God wants to challenge some of you this morning. That's why we left time here to worship him. Because we're going to respond to him in faith. Now there may be some of you and all you need to do in these next few moments is just worship God in the middle of your pain. To go, God, I'm not going to worship you when you solve this. God, I'm not going to worship you when I don't hurt. God, I'm not going to worship you when everything is good. I'm going to worship you right now in the middle of the pain because I know you're good. If you would send your son Jesus Christ to die on a cross, you don't have to do anything else to prove you're good. I'm going to trust you right here, right now, and worship your name. But I also believe there are many of you in this room, and you came in here hoping and praying that your God had power and that your God has power. And let me tell you, I stand before you as a testament to the fact that he has miracle-working power. His miracles weren't done when the canon of Scripture was closed and that was finished. He still does miracles today. And I get to stand before you as living proof that he still does miracles. And there are some of you who hope and pray for God to show his miraculous power in your life, whatever your pain may be. It is not wrong to ask God to heal you. He wants his children to come. You have not because you ask not. It is good and wise to come before God and say, I need your power, God. Would you move in my life? I believe in you. But remember the greater miracle, that even if God doesn't solve your problem, 
If God doesn't heal your situation, if God doesn't do what you want, he doesn't have to prove any more than the cross of Jesus Christ, his goodness. And that you're going to declare to him, God, maybe the greatest miracle is that you just give me the faith to trust you right now. Even if you don't do anything to fix my situation. I trust you. Maybe you need to pray some prayer like I did to say, God, don't take away my situation. Don't take away my pain. Don't take away this until you've done everything you need to do in me. Maybe you need to come forward and just have somebody pray over you for faith. We have anointing oil to anoint you with oil. Pray over you for healing. Maybe you need to come bow down to the steps and say, God, forgive me for looking away from you. Or maybe you need to do the, the most important thing of all. Maybe you need to say, I'm going to stop waiting for that miracle to place my faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. Here's one thing I'm sure of. I am certain that there are some of you in this room, and you have been waiting to get baptized, waiting to come declare your faith in Jesus for God to do something to prove he's worthy to follow. God, when you heal me or you heal my loved one, then I'll come forward because I'll know you're real. God, when you solve this problem, when you heal that relationship, when you give me that job, when you land that, that whatever, when you, when you do this, then I'll believe that you're good enough to follow. That's not faith. Faith is not to see the power of God and then you believe. Faith is not to see anything except the cross of Jesus Christ and say, God, you're good enough. Then you begin to see the power of God. Some of you are missing the power of God right now because you think you need to see the miracle first and then you believe. No, you believe first and then God does whatever he wants to do. And it's time to stop making excuses. You may need to come forward today and say, there's a baptistry right over there and I'm going to come up there and I'm going to declare my faith in Jesus Christ because I want my faith in him today. Or maybe there are some of you, and I hear this all the time, you're saying, listen, I'll, I'll come and I'll... I'll place my faith in Jesus, but I, I got I to I fix some things. I got to clean some things up. I got these sins. It'd be so hypocritical of me to come forward and act like I got everything together when I still have this sin in my life and this problem. Uh, I need to clean myself up a little bit. I, I need to work on a few things, and when I'm ready, then I'll come forward. And go ahead and tell you. You don't clean yourself up and then come to Jesus. You come to Jesus, and he cleans you. There's an order to this, and the order is always faith first. You will never find healing in your spirit. You will never overcome that problem on your own. You were never intended to. You come in your brokenness, in your suffering, in your pain. You lay it at the feet of Jesus, and you say, only you, Jesus. That baptistry is a symbol that you believe only Christ can cleanse you. You go under that water. All your sins are taken away by his work, not yours. And you come out of that water as a brand new creation because you publicly declared your faith in Christ. You don't need to wait anymore. It's time to respond right here, right now. I want to encourage you all to stand up. I want to encourage the prayer team to come spread around. We've left some time so we could worship the Lord and respond to him. And so here's what I'm inviting you to do. If you're saying, I, I need prayer, I, I believe, after hearing your story, Jason, I believe my God does miracles. And I want to come forward and present my case before the Lord, asking him to do a miracle. You come. May my story increase your faith to remember who our God is. Or maybe the most important thing for you to do is to come and say, give me faith to trust God because I'm struggling right now. I feel like my faith is faltering. I need trust in God, whether he chooses to do what I want or not. You can come pray or you can come bow down. Or the most important, maybe you're coming to say, I'm not going to wait any longer for God to do anything or for me to clean anything up. I know, Jesus, you're my only answer. And I'm going to come before you right now, put my faith in you, and take the step of baptism today.
You can do that, but you got to come. And the rest of you who don't need to respond yet, you worship God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength because he deserves it. Let's praise his name.